Hello, everybody. This is Benjamin from Sports Tech X. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to Philip from Challenger Mode. Challenger Mode lets you play competitive esports tournaments and matches, uh, improve your skills, and join a community of dedicated gamers. Hello, Philip. Hello. Uh, how are you? I'm good in between Christmas and New Year's. Um, so, good times. Um, first of all, I wanted to um, introduce you to my listeners. Uh, so it would be great to hear some words about you as a person. Yeah. Um, so I'm uh, I'm a Swedish guy. I uh, grew up in uh, in Stockholm. Um, I have a background in uh, computer science, uh, which I studied for a few years in in California, and then I uh, worked as a uh, as a software developer uh, in uh, in telecom. And then I moved on being a product manager uh, for the same company before I started Challenger Mode, which is uh, a company that I co-founded together with uh, Robel, who's the CEO at Challenger Mode. Cool. And uh, which problem is it that you're solving with Challenger Mode? So eSports, that is electronic sports, is a very young uh, and, and uh, in some cases in, immature industry And gamers, dedicated esports athletes, don't really have the same chances and the same opportunities uh, that uh, regular people have if they want to pursue a sport like football or hockey. Um, and that's really the the fundamental part that we're trying to uh, to solve, and the the problem that we're looking to uh, 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 remove, really. Um, so. Uh, there are no real professional leagues or tournaments that uh, regular people, regular gamers can participate in. There are, of course, professional, uh, you know, really big uh, tournaments, but there's really nothing in between for the people who want to take the first step into becoming a professional gamer or at least getting something back from, from all of the hours that they put into to gaming. Yeah, sounds interesting. And I'm sure people want to get back something if they put so much time into uh, these kind of games. Um, so I'm curious to to hear how you solve the problem and what do you think is so special about your specific solution? Mm. So Challenger Mode is a, a web platform today uh, to kind of try to describe it succinctly. It's a web platform mixed with some social media elements, uh, meaning that We provide the tools for players to connect with each other, to build teams and communities, because that social aspect is very important within gaming and, of course, within within sports uh, as well. We also provide certain tools that enhance the competitive gaming experience. Um, and we also provide uh, really the fundamental infrastructure, meaning um, digital competitions and and like a digital gaming arena where either players or organizers and teams can come and meet and and compete together in sports or or esports like Counter-Strike or like League of Legends or Dota and so on which are some of the biggest uh, esports in the world today understand um and as with other solutions there must be something challenging or hard in this process is it to bring all those uh, people together or what, what's the main part would that you would describe as uh, as uh, critical mm. i would say the the critical part is or the the main difference between 
a sport like football and an e-sport like Counter-Strike is that Counter-Strike is owned by the game developer, Valve, in this case. And football is not really owned by anyone, per se. I mean, you can argue that FIFA has a lot of control over the professional aspects of football and so on, but uh, but Counter-Strike is really owned, and you, you, know, you play on Counter-Strike game servers when you, when you play Counter-Strike and so on. So um, from a business perspective, we have, as a company have to uh, navigate that business landscape and strike different kinds of partnerships with different kinds of, of game developers. Um, so that changes the... I would say the power dynamic or just the infrastructure a little bit as well. But it, but because it's digital, it also means that you can do so many things um, with esports that you're not really able to do easily with regular sports. Meaning getting getting game data and just making it really simple to get in and out of playing games and and doing it, of course, across nations and across borders and uh, maybe across time and so on and so forth. Yeah, unlike with football, you don't have to put some extra cameras on the pitch to to get the data and to to analyze the games. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, but it seems like you are doing well in um, tackling those challenges. Are there some some metrics or success stories that you can share with us today? Sure. Um, I'd say some of the most striking metrics uh, that, that that we can kind of look at just to get a a picture of of esports in, in general is the fact that uh, you know there are some two plus billion people who are gamers uh, in the world and um, and uh, I think not even that many people actually play sports uh, professionally or, or uh, regularly um, the uh, the world's largest gaming and streaming platform twitch uh, which is like YouTube but for gamers had some 10 million daily viewers whereas ESPN only has about 7 million daily viewers and the the finals of last year's League of Legends World Championship had 43 million viewers globally whereas the NBA finals had about 30 million viewers yeah that that's insane <laughs> which is insane yeah and then uh, out of those 2 billion people there are probably somewhere between two to 400 million kind of hardcore esports players who play these kinds of games, um, either professionally or casually, but they, they play them consistently. And, and all of these kind of numbers are going to keep on growing and doubling and, and so on. So I, I really think that esports is becoming the world's biggest uh, sport um, in terms of the, the numbers. And so, um, a challenger mode, we're mainly uh, targeting the, the the mass, kind of a long tail of of gamers, because um, there are maybe fifteen thousand or so professional gamers, but there are, as I said, hundreds of millions of regular gamers or people who um, play their favorite esport at some level. And so, what we're doing is we're actually targeting them and trying to provide them with uh, with ways to compete at the at the level that's appropriate um, for them, and so right now we're running uh, thousands of tournaments every month because we have this automated system that's able to start and stop tournaments and competitions at different scales and at different levels um, automatically. Sounds very good. Um, 
and um, I'm sure you have some other activities or new activities coming up early next year. So is there anything you can already share with us what, what's coming up in the next month? Sure. Um, so one of the things that we did last year, or uh, well, actually beginning of 2017, was that we launched what we call the Nordic University Esport Championship together with uh, HP Hewlett-Packard. Uh, as our sponsor and uh, this year we're uh, doing the same thing again as well as launching a, a school championship that we call the League of Schools which is targeted towards kind of high schools or um, um, you know secondary uh, upper secondary schools um, mainly throughout the Nordics but potentially throughout Europe as well and uh, in that competition we're getting together uh, uh, we're working with schools from different counties, um, both private and public schools in, in Sweden and Norway and, and Finland. And we're getting uh, the kind of to, uh, we're helping the schools build up this rivalry among the schools, uh, but in a, you know, in a positive sense and like, just like you have with, with sports and especially in, in America and countries like that. Um, and then we're facilitating all of those competitions through the platforms and we're making sure that we're trying to help the schools do something productive with uh, gaming and esports because, of course, uh, as, as as you know, um, you know, playing a lot of computer games is not necessarily healthy. Uh, but you can kind of funnel that energy and motivation with with some people, I think, into something positive with esports. Yeah, I agree, and it um, can help to um, foster the feeling of being in a community and uh, yeah, bringing people together in the best case. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, sounds good. Interesting plans. Um, is there anything else we did not cover yet that you want to mention that we, we should know about you? I, I think that was uh, one of the, the most important uh, things. Um, of course, um, if, if you read up on about Challenge Mode on our website, you'll also see that uh, Slatan Ibrahimovic, uh, the, so the soccer football player, is, is one of our investors, um, which... I think is yeah, pretty cool to, to mention since this is a sports uh, podcast as well. And so um, uh, I think uh, you're, you're going to see um, Slatan doing some activities with us uh, later in, the, in 2018 uh, as we move into some console games as well. Cool. Is he, is he a good esports player? He actually is a pretty good gamer. Um, when, he, <laughs> uh, when he first started playing in uh, Ajax in, uh, in the Netherlands, Many years ago, um, I've, I heard that he was uh, a really big gamer. And actually, what he did most of the time when he wasn't playing football was sitting, sitting at home playing Call of Duty or Counter Strike on his on his console. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so there might be a second career exactly, uh, coming exactly. up after he fit, yeah, he yeah, ended his yeah. his first one. And in fact, a lot of a lot of gamers like pro gamers they got started gaming because they were playing a sport you know football or hockey they got injured when they were 15 16 but they have that same competitive mindset and the same drive so they start playing a computer game and they get really into it and they realize that actually I can I can do this as a you know as a living or as a hobby and so they pursue that and end up becoming you know one of the best gamers in the world there are lots of stories like that 
<laughs> didn't know about that super cool <laughs> awesome uh all right that's that's uh it about challenger mode um i think um last question which i always ask um all the people i'm talking to is do you have any productivity hack might be related to your professional life or your private life anything you want to mention i'm going to steal this one from uh, a guy called tim ferris which uh, many people might know. He's a um, famous podcaster as well and, and, and author, um, and he writes a lot about productivity and, and, and so on. And what he does is he has this system of prioritizing based off of the uh, Pareto principle or the uh, 80-20 principle, um, where he asks himself, what are the, the top... Um, like what are the top 20% of activities today or this week or this month that will give me 80% of the results? And, and conversely, what are the, the, the top uh, uh, 20% of things that uh, kind of steal my attention and that provide an, or that contribute to 80% of the negative outcomes? Because there's usually that disparity where... Um, You know, you don't have to do 100% of the things that you think you have to do. Uh, usually, uh, a small part of that is going to contribute to most of the things that you need to get done or kind of the results that you're looking for. So asking those questions um, when I'm kind of sitting down to write some notes or prioritizing or really if, if you're in a meeting or you're having to make a decision, I think it's a really useful way to think about things. So like the what's the what's the one or two things that you can do that's going to just kind of make everything else easier or remove the, the most important obstacles or, you know, complete the, the goals that you need to, to do. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um, people should do that more often, I think, because uh, it's so easy to get lost in uh, the, the everyday things you, you got to do or you that you think mm. you got to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. All right, Philip, that's it for today. Uh, was great talking to you and uh, thank you very much for taking part in the podcast. Well, thank you a lot for having me. It was great. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.